0: You're listening to Unraveling Rachel. This podcast is all about this journey that we call life and how we can live it more authentically so that it sucks less and feels better. Sounds good, huh? Hi there, my friends. Today is Monday, December 30th, the last Monday of 2019, the last Monday of the decade and we are through the holidays, which I am so grateful for. I mean, we're through Thanksgiving and Christmas, which are the kind of stressful ones for me, honestly. Not Thanksgiving so much as Christmas. Like, after Thanksgiving hits, and there's all that ramp up into Christmas time, by the time Christmas is here and done and all the the family stuff is finished and everybody's done freaking out over parking spaces and buying things and all of that, I'm just pooped. And that's kind of where I'm at today, feeling really pooped. (laughs) But I wanted to get an episode out and just do a little update, a life update, an update on what I've been learning. I I think I said in my last episode that that's kind of the direction I think I'm going to take with the podcast is to do some regular updates with sort of what's present for me, what's going on and like the lessons that I'm learning. And then here and there, probably like once a month, do some more in-depth episodes that are interviews or talking about a really specific topic that I think is important that um, has served me in some way. So today's update, um, last we talked, uh, was December 17th, when I celebrated one year of Unraveling Rachel. And since then, I have done a little bit more unraveling. I had my colonoscopy and endoscopy on December 16th and on December 18th, I finally had my MRI to follow up from my surgery back in June. Um, the results came in of both of those, and it's mostly good. Um, I say mostly good because the um, the MRI was kind of inconclusive. They see inflammation in my peritoneal cavity, in my like lower colon but they're not sure what it is. Now, this happens, apparently, because of the heated chemotherapy. Um, it can, it, I mean, it, it's chemotherapy, and it's hot, so it burns the organs, and it's meant to kill any tumor left behind, which means that it also pisses off the healthy tissue. So, uh, I guess my surgeon said that when they see this like low level inflammation on the first scan following up that it could just be from that or it could be tumor regrowth. So what they look at are my blood markers, my tumor um, cancer antigens and all of that stuff, which um, are all within normal range. So they'll follow up again in March to look at those tumor markers and then in June with a uh, another round of blood work as long as the March blood work is good um, and then yeah June for the MRI so sorry that wasn't very clear it's going to be blood work again in March as long as the tumor markers are good they'll do blood work again in June and also an MRI so it's not you know the best news and it's not the worst news. I really wanted to hear that there was no evidence of disease, but I'll take it and hope that whatever they see is just leftover inflammation from the uh, big surgery. The colonoscopy and endoscopy were fine and they were really, really easy. I had a great um, GI guy and his assistant was awesome. I went in and got through that no problem even the prep even the prep wasn't that bad everybody told me like "Ooh, like you've got to do bowel prep for a colonoscopy it's so horrible and um yeah it just wasn't that bad in fact I I almost well I don't want to say like I enjoyed it nobody enjoys like having their bowels cleaned out like it's not pleasant (laughs) tasting to drink the stuff you have to drink um but there were definitely some insights that i gained from it and i i found that i really enjoyed the feeling of lightness that i got from being on a liquid diet for a day and from eating really clean up and you know for the week prior and there was an energy and a clarity that i had that was really it was nice and it was kind of unfamiliar, so it highlighted something else that has been coming up for me lately um, in all of this holiday stuff and with the anxiety, which I, I wouldn't have called it anxiety, um, but now I can see that that's what it is. The anxiety associated with having these tests and scans done, I... Found myself eating a lot again, Um, eating out of boredom, not boredom, but eating out of not knowing what to do next. And that is a problem that I've had for a long time, my whole life. Food has been a comfort and a means of coping and numbing in a way i i mean i have an addiction to food i've looked at addiction through the lens of substances for so much of my life because i was obsessed with understanding why my dad drank so much and did the drugs and ruined our family and i see in myself as i've learned about what addiction really is how i'm addicted in in ways And food is so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. We all eat it. And it's really similarly to alcohol, actually, I think kind of a condoned way of coping like, oh, you had a bad day. You deserve the cookie oh, you're, you know, having a hard morning, have the second cup of coffee or, oh, we're going to celebrate your birthday, eat cake. Yeah, it's your birthday. Eat the cake and have the ice cream too. Um, It's just, it feels good and it's there and we enjoy it. It's very, it's very nourishing in a way and it's very comforting and that is, something that I found in food when I was a kid. And this pattern is coming up again. And I haven't fully unpacked it yet. Um, It goes deep, though. It goes deep into, I think, even how I was nourished as a child. And now my patterns that I'm replaying are similar, where I'm not nourishing myself to the best of my ability, and um, that's something that I will talk about as I unpack it for myself. But there's just a little, a little taste of it right now, huh? Taste of it, get it? So that's been coming up for me and going through the the colonoscopy and endoscopy and even the MRI. There was so much prep for it that was focused around food that it gave me the opportunity to reflect on that. And also getting back the results of, you know, not really knowing what, um, what's going on with that inflammation. It has been upsetting and I, I haven't really allowed myself to go there yet, but I feel it. I felt, eh, since, since all that's happened this last week, I've just felt tired. I haven't felt as good as I could, and I know it's partially because I'm not nourishing myself well. Um, I've felt like I'm going inward more and also fear that I'm not doing the things that I want to do again. And I have this realization that this is exactly where I'm meant to be, that this feeling through it and, and finding, finding my way through it and looking at those patterns and the lessons is doing what I'm supposed to be doing. But I have like these big ideas that I'm supposed to, okay, well, like, I I've looked at mortality and so it's kind of like lit this fire under my ass to do things and make the things I want and I have all these ideas and I want to do them all now and it's creating this impetus that is in some ways good but in other ways really I think unhealthy because it, I can't do it all now. And it's not meant to all be done now. But there, there's a f- fear motivating me to feel like it has to all be done now. And it's just not, it's not true. And it's not possible. So I'm learning, again, to slow down. I, I think that oftentimes, that's what illness calls into our lives is learning to slow down and i slowed down for the surgery and it was uncomfortable <laughs> it was really uncomfortable and depressing and through it i was medicated so i think medicated being medicated on the opiates was very good and also kind of not because it took me away from what was really happening And um, I kind of, once I was well enough to get back into, like, quote unquote, the swing of things, I actually did have to go back to work. And I, the last couple of months, I have just dove into that and dove back into going, going, going without a good balance of being. And I can feel in my body just that craving to, like, just sleep and just rest. And I, um, there's a part of me that feels like I can't because I have to work and I have all these things that I want to do. So I'm figuring that out. How to balance it. I think that that's a question that we all ask ourselves um, because we all feel busy and our world expects us to be busy, and there's such an emphasis placed on doing and producing, and our our lifestyles and our livelihoods, in many ways, depend on it, right? I've got to go to work so that I can make money to pay my rent and to keep my health insurance, but um, something else that being sick has taught me is that life figures itself out I didn't think that I was in a position to to get sick and to um, <clears throat> excuse me to go through what I went through but I've managed with the help of my family with the help of my friends I've managed and so I can manage to take care of myself through this and not burn myself out as I heal. If that means taking an extra day off of work a week, that means taking an extra day off of work a week and finding another way. I am opening my mind to the possibility that there is another way instead of thinking that I've got to do this. There's no other way and just like stressing myself out. So that's where I'm at right now. Um, as The holidays have wound down, and we're going into 2020. I'm just reflective, and I'm restful, (laughs) restless, wanting to be restful, trying to figure that out, examining my relationship to food and how it is um, driven by this underlying overwhelm and anxiety. I've gotten back into meditating because I know that that really helps bring the element of mindfulness in and it is a practice. Like I did a 10-day Vipassana in 2018 and those insights are with me but without having a daily practice, it it's like a muscle. Like it's not it doesn't stay strong. And it's harder to apply to the present moment. And that is where it's really needed because the present moment is all that we ever really have. Um, <laughs> which is why um, all that overwhelm is just kind of like BS. It's n- none of it is like it it doesn't matter. It only matters what I do right now. So choosing to just do one thing um, is progress instead of obsessing about all the things. And that's what I find myself doing when I'm in transition periods. And that could be Um, not so much anymore getting up in the morning because I've established some sort of routine, but sometimes, sometimes it's like, Oh, well, do I shower or do I work out or should I have my cup of coffee first? Like I'm really thirsty. Um, so I'll have water and then I'll shower and then I'll do this. And, but I also wanted to go for a walk, but it's not sunny yet. And like all these thoughts can just like flood my head in the morning. But if I just get up and get moving, it's like then the one thing at a time kind of naturally flows. And for me, that's been either getting up and having water right away or showering and then meditating, journaling and and walking and having coffee somewhere in there with it. Um, But it also comes at times like when I'm getting home from work or getting home from an errand. It's like, okay, what do I do next? And what's going to be the most important? What do I need to do? What do I feel like doing? And then sometimes I just find myself like with my hand in a bag of chips, or snacking on nuts, or eating fruit. And because it's like, I'm doing something then. And that doing something kind of takes me out of the obsession of what I worrying about what I should do next. But it doesn't get me anywhere. And in the end, it doesn't feel so good. It's not good for me because I usually go for shit that is not healthful. And it just numbs me out. It's the substitute for being in the discomfort the pause the uncertainty the the um the unknown really and i know that if i just instead of acting on that and going mindlessly into that coping mechanism. And this is where the mindfulness comes in, being aware in that moment of what I'm doing and seeing my patterns that if I, I can then choose because the moment that I notice it is the moment that I, that I can shift the moment we notice anything is the moment that we can shift. I can choose to step back and do something differently. Um, And I, I think really like I just said like I can choose to step back and do something differently <laughs> because I'm obsessed with doing things just stepping back and being and breathing and feeling into my body that I need and that my body knows I know that my body knows because I felt the in the the unmistakable feelings of knowing in it before I just I'm so go, go, go often that I don't take the time to check in with it, which is why I'm super excited for this workshop that I found. I I was actually ruminating over, over my lack of uh, movement practice one morning and I was like, okay, I'm going to see if there's a yoga class at the studio next door. And there wasn't. But there's a workshop coming up um, about polyvagal theory for somatic movers, and I just felt like, ooh, ooh, I want to do that because I know a little bit about polyvagal theory and how it, like, I know... I don't know enough to explain it and teach it <laughs> and and explain it all to you right here. Um, but I know that it's really important in creating a calm and grounded body and a healthy nervous system so that we're not full of anxiety and that we're able to feel the feelings in our body and um, feel safe and connected and really expansive in the world instead of depressed and fearful and overwhelmed and and all of that so tending to the um, vagus nerve and nourishing our system is really important so I'm excited about this class because I want to learn more I, I want to understand my body better I want to really like live in it more and, And be more attuned to it and less in my head. That's another thing. I've been, this last couple weeks, I've I've had a headache on and off. And my jaw's been tense and my neck. And I know that that is a sign for me that I'm living too much in my head and kind of like diving in head first. Like I kind of picture myself like, like a football player head down and like running at something like aggressively instead of like aligned and tall and fluid and graceful and moving through life like full-bodied. That to me is what I, I picture when I think of like this healthy embodied lifestyle. So, that's happening at the end of January and I'm super excited. It's being run by this woman who I've never met, but I've exchanged some messages with her and she seems absolutely wonderful. Jennifer Seymour. I might be messing up her name, but um yeah, it's it's going to be a cool class and if anybody here in San Diego wants to join me or um, anyone in Southern California wants to come and check it out I'd love to experience it with you I will share that in the show notes and also over on my Instagram um, so yeah just an update episode that is what is going on I've got to go to work today work has been challenging I mean I work in retail And I love the place that I work and I love my job, but um, just the holidays have a a thing for me um, or I have a thing for the holidays. (laughs) They have meaning attached to them and all that and stuff I probably haven't sorted out and maybe I could work on reassociating, but um, yeah, blah, blah, maybe next year. (laughs) Um, Going to work has been just kind of like, eh, felt ugh, like a hard transition. And so I've been reframing it and thinking like, how does this, how, ooh, excuse me. How does this continue to flow with my day? How can this help me? How can this serve me? What's in it for me? I mean, other than the obvious paycheck and um, like, who might I meet? And, um, how might I make a connection? Like, what, what am I there to find? Going into it with curiosity. And it's been cool to see how, that, how that's worked. Um, I ran into the nurse from my surgery. Uh, it was right before Christmas, actually. I ran into her. Uh, I was bagging and I just, she, she spoke And it's like, I knew her voice and I looked at her face and I, I knew her. And it was like, I can, it was like, I could feel the gears in my head moving. Like, how do you know her? Like, like my brain was going through this, like all these data files of faces that it knew. And and then I was asking her questions like, are you a nurse? She said, yeah. I said, At Sharp Memorial, she said, yeah. And so I was like, okay, ICU or oncology? She said, well, no, but I I work with a lot of oncology patients. And I said, Eliza. And I looked at her and like I looked into her eyes and I remembered her smile and she reached over for my hand and squeezed it and my body remembered that squeeze and this is like this is what I mean about the body being so smart like I know that it's smart and I know that it has an innate knowing and I know that it remembers and understands things that our minds can't we think our minds are so in control and so all-knowing but there's there's levels deeper that um we don't have this conscious control over. She squeezed my hand and I remembered that because when I went into surgery I was so scared and 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 nervous like I was afraid that I wouldn't come out. And she I was also worried because she was the only nurse in there and she she said it's the it's better that I'm in here. And it's just me. I've been working with Doctor Barone for fourteen years. I've done this surgery so many times. I know exactly what's happening. And if someone else was here, like there's a higher chance of error. I've got you. I've got this. Dr. Barone's amazing. You're going to be okay. And she she squeezed my hand several times. Just this she's got this firm, like confidence and this knowing and this loving and Oh, I was, I was tearing up at work just like I am now and had the biggest hug and we got a selfie together and, um, it was, it was incredible. <laughs> so incredible. And, um, there have been other little events like that, just people that I meet at at work and people that I chat with and, uh, they bring new information to me or just, a kind smile and this connection that was so important to me this year you know I wanted to feel more expressed more connected and more abundant and that curiosity of going into something that maybe I'm like "Eh, don't really I'd rather be doing something else opens up space for that instead of shutting it out and you know not really being there so Um, that's probably the biggest lesson that I've found in general since getting, getting sick, um, is that showing up just as I am really feeds me the most and, um, fuels me and, and opens me to that connection, uh, and that it goes back to the whole reason I started this podcast is that i I know that when I let go of the shoulds and you know show up as I am, that I feel better and i I grow um and i I love more and I feel love more um, so. That's a, a big part of my commitment to to wanting to sit down and just do these podcast updates and just show up as I am, because I think it's powerful for uh, it's powerful for me to do that. And I think that I found for me, witnessing other people do that is powerful. I got into this place over the last couple of weeks where I was so obsessed about the things that I wanted to do and getting the podcast out and and what that looks like and doing all these things that I, um, I listened to another podcast and she was talking about how she prepares every episode and it's super focused and she delivers the highest content and teaching because she doesn't want people to waste their time and And I started thinking like, oh my gosh, like I'm just sitting down and recording and talking about what's going on. And sometimes I feel like I'm rambling and maybe I'm not delivering value for anyone listening. And why, why would I like, maybe I'm wasting their time. And then like, I caught myself I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not her this podcast isn't about what she's podcasting about. And I, I appreciate what she's doing. And it's great for me. But there is a time when it wouldn't have been in my life, I would have been like, totally bored, and not understood it. And really would have just been seeking something that was more relatable. And that's what that's what I'm doing. So I, it was just a reminder to me that to to not compare myself, to not put so much pressure on it, and to just sit down and do it, and and be and be honest when I'm doing this, that you know I I've been anxious and I've been overeating and I'm looking at um, changing that in my life and examining the beliefs that are behind it and that this week around the holidays, I'm struggling and I don't feel the best. Um, and I want to feel better. So I'm working on that. And I'm also really grateful to be in this place, which seems weird because it's kind of (laughs) sucky. It's kind of sucky, but it's also good. Um, I know that These things that are uncomfortable are calls to um, change and to learning. And on the other side of it, there's something greater, something more fulfilling, something more um, something that feels better in a healthy way, not in a I just ate a bag of cookies way, something that's more genuine and true and expansive. All right. That's all my friends. I might, I've been thinking about um, doing my end of the year letter to myself and maybe doing an end of the year podcast. Um, tomorrow is New Year's Eve. So um, if, if I'm feeling it, I may do that and release a podcast on it, or I may not. I don't know. Um, but whatever you end up doing, I hope you have a um, fantastic New Year's Eve, I'm going to stay in and do nothing except for some reflection and maybe a bath and drinking some tea and taking care of myself and not expecting myself to do anything and being mindful of what I put into my body. I'd like to also get up on New Year's Day and do a hike and get my body moving and welcome the new year with much more intention than I have in the past. And in the past, I've enjoyed going out. I've enjoyed partying. I've enjoyed champagne toasts at midnight and staying up until the sun is up. But that's, that's not what's meant for me right now. I would, again, whatever it is that you're doing, I have no judgment on that. And I just hope that you enjoy it fully. Uh, If I don't talk to you um, before the new year, just happy new year. I hope you enjoy it. I'm excited to spend more time with you in 2020. 2020. It's such a weird weird year to say 2020 it reminds me of 2020 vision and I kind of feel feel a little 2020 about 2020 like I have more there's more uncertainty in the new year than ever and also more clarity so that seems like a contradiction and maybe I'll explore that more in the future all right lots of love to you all happy new year bye